your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 516 of Lockdown Canadians, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. We have a very special episode today. I joined John from Lockdown New York Rangers to talk Habs, Rangers, the game that wasn't, where these teams are in their current rebuilds or whatnot, and what we can expect from Jeff Gordon. You're going to hear that coming up next, and give that a listen. Thank you. All right, so welcome back, New York Ranger fans and Montreal Canadian fans. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Scott Matla of Locked On Montreal Canadians. Scott, how are we doing today, buddy? I'm doing I'm doing quite all right. Uh, the one benefit to there being a COVID shutdown for hockey games is that my nights have gotten a lot freer to catch up on all the Christmas shopping and stuff around the house that I've been ignoring for most of the past month so far. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, the Rangers for a stretch there, they had a 17 day stretch where they played 10 games and they were kind of running on fumes toward the end of that. And then you look at the schedule and it's like, all right, well, they got the the holiday break and they're only going to play one game in nine days. And that's against Montreal. And now it's zero games in nine days. And obviously it's really unfortunate the way that COVID, you know, continues to wreak havoc and shut everything down. But I mean, Scott, just your thoughts on, uh, you know, the, the basic shutdown here. I think there's a couple of games still on the schedule tonight, but for the most part, everything shut down for the next few days here. Yeah, I think that was they had canceled like 39 games in the last seven days or something like insane. And my first thought is it's probably a little bit too late to shut everything down, but it's still the right call, I think. Um, Obviously, we, you know, both in New York where uh, the numbers are spiking high all over the place, especially in high population centers. You have everyone around during Christmas. And obviously just the transmissibility of this new variant here is that uh, utmost precaution, I think, if we don't want to have worse things down the road here, it it sucks, to be honest. Uh, not having hockey, even just to have on in the background, is kind of a downer. And I'm hoping this doesn't impact World Juniors and stuff, but the shutdown is something that needed to happen. Let the players get through this on these teams because even teams where it's like, oh, one guy was sick and then it's three guys and then it's nine guys. And then the entire Calgary Flames are on uh, COVID protocol. There is it's I'm hoping that they, you know, continue to kind of keep a keep a close eye on things. So because if this gets any worse, you know, we're going to see a repeat of 2020. And I don't think anyone really wants that right now. No, absolutely not. And, you know, it's crazy. Every time you go on social media right now, to your point, Scott, it's like there's a new player or a new batch of players or a new, you know, half of a certain team into the COVID protocol. Uh, I got to say the Rangers have been very, very lucky when it comes to that. Uh, Ryan Strom was on the COVID protocol list earlier in the season and Patrick Nemeth currently is, although by the time the Rangers play another game, he might be off of it. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. But uh, one other thing, you know, kind of uh, a subplot of this whole deal here is that it uh, looks like the NHL is going to be making up games uh, during what was supposed to be the Olympic break in February. Uh, just your thoughts on, I mean, the, the Olympics are not shut down, but it looks like the NHL is certainly not going to be sending players to participate in the Olympics. Uh, it, it's such a bummer for me because I love seeing the NHL players participate in the Olympics. It only happens every four years. 
It's been eight years since the last time the NHL has participated. Uh, obviously, circumstances kind of dictate that this is how it has to be. But I mean, just your thoughts of us, you know, missing out on the NHL players uh, participating in the Olympics. It, it, it sucks. I mean, yeah. Olympic hockey is always the most fun. I do love world juniors, but Olympic hockey has uh, it doesn't have the guilt attached to it. of You know, your hopes riding on a 17 year old child. Uh, so yeah, I true. Uh, but like a lot of people wanted to see Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid playing together. And you want to see all these stars playing on the same team. And we it all came together. I mean, it was a sticking point. They didn't go to the Olympics in Pyeongchang. And now something out of their control took that away. And it stinks because here's the thing is no right-minded GM or owner is going to go, yeah, we're going to the Olympics because if you test positive, you're in quarantine for three to five weeks. And that's a month and a half of the season. No coach is going to send their star player over into that and potentially have that happen to them. And it is uh, from the business side of things, the right choice. It's just, it sucks from a fan perspective. A lot of this does because you're missing games. You're missing seeing your star players. You're going to be missing now seeing that at the Olympics, a chance to represent their country. And for a lot of guys, this might've been their last crack at that players yeah. like a Steven Stamkos, a Sidney Crosby, et cetera. That's kind of taken away from them now. And it's not their fault. It's not the NHL's fault. It's something so far out of their control. Yeah, it's a bummer. And, you know, even if the NHL does end up participating, you know, in 2026, which doesn't even sound like a real year, that's so far into the future. But, um, yeah, it's going to be 12 years between the NHL actually sending players to the Olympics. So it really is unfortunate. But um, have you got a beard? Get primal. You heard me. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with a low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel and beard care products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States of America. The combo kits make a great holiday gift if you're shopping for yourself and you'll be glad you did. I got to try it out ahead of time. I love my beard oil. Makes my beard smell great. Makes it nice, soft. My girlfriend loves it, comments on it all the time. And we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel and beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. And remember to use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your order at primaloriginoils.com. That is locked on. All one word at checkout for 20% off. As always, thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen. Please check out Locked On Now as well. They have nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel. Folks, it is the holiday season, and you know what you need to beat the rush to make it through that last-minute shopping get those presents wrapped, get everything under the tree, get those last bit decorated before the in-laws show up. You need Built Bar. You get incredible flavor, but low calories, low sugar, low carbs, low fat, and a ton of protein. They are delicious and healthy. There are so many flavors out there for everybody. There's raspberry, there's mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, peanut butter, or cookies and cream. There is something for everybody. And if you don't always want a protein bar, you can try out Built Bar Puffs. They are marshmallowy treats, 
dip them in your hot chocolate for that special little bit there. And if you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. Trust me, I love Built Bar on my way to work every morning. As I go to deal with the holiday rush, you will too. So built.com and promo code LOCKED15. As always, thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen. Please check out Locked On Now as well. They have nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NHL YouTube channel. You know, to change gears a little bit here, I want to ask you about the Canadians and where they stand. Obviously, it's been a strange couple of seasons for Montreal because obviously last year, you know, not the best regular season, but they came together in the playoffs. They have this crazy run. Uh, Carey Price stands on his head. You guys go all the way to the finals. Uh, first of all, the, the whole run that Montreal had last year, did you see that coming or did they surprise even you with, with that run that they had all the way to the finals? I'd be lying if I said I saw it coming. Uh, they they won game one against Toronto, and I went, that's, that's cool because they really ended the season in rough shape. They did not look like a great team. They squeaked into the playoffs with an overtime loss against the Edmonton Oilers. And you know what? I got there and I went, all right, they fired the co- They fired Claude Julian. Now we see what we're going to do here. And they started playing Toronto. They won game one. And then they went down three games to one. I went, well, at least put up a fight here. And then they won game five. And I went, all right, cool. Let's just, you know, let's make them sweat a little bit. Then they won game six. And I went, are they going to do this? They won game seven. I went, cool. They beat Toronto in the first round of the playoffs. Toronto had a monumental collapse. Nothing can top this. And then they swept the Jets, and I went, okay, well, Vegas is next. What could this possibly do? And then they beat Vegas pretty easily, and I went, what is going on here? Right. It was magical. Yeah. And that's the only way to describe it. Not to sound cliche, but everything came together in that run. You had Nick Suzuki, you had Cole Caulfield, you had Carey Price being amazing. You had Shea Weber playing on what I assume is like one half of a working leg. Everything came together for that moment, and they just ran into the best cap era team ever assembled, unfortunately. And that's, it didn't have the happy ending I think a lot of people wanted, but that run was so much fun that I wouldn't trade it for anything. It brought this fan base together and gave them a lot of hope after what had been a couple of long years, not only with, you know, the organization, but with COVID and everything happening in the world, it it brought the fan base together. It was it was a really, really fun time. Absolutely. You know, it, it does kind of remind me a little bit, not to bring up bad memories for you, Scott, but uh, I'd be lying if I said it didn't remind me a little bit of the Rangers run to the finals in 2014. Now, I mean, the Rangers weren't quite the the huge underdog that the Canadians were, but they too fell into a 3-1 series hole. They were in the second round fell behind three games to one of the Penguins, came storming back, won that series. And, of course, we know what happened between uh, the Rangers and Montreal in the conference finals there. And, you know, kind of the same deal in the finals. The Rangers fell behind three games to none. They pull out a win in game four, and they lose in game five. So uh, even as I'm saying this, there's more parallels than I even realized. But, I mean, there's nothing like it, man. When your team uh, exceeds expectations, goes on this crazy run, knocks out some good teams, and ends up in the Stanley Cup finals, I mean, just just crazy stuff. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, it, it's fun, is that hockey's meant to be fun, and it's meant to be so enjoyable. And for Henrik Lundqvist at that time, it's like he's a guy who never got his name on the cup, and it's going to be one of those great injustices in hockey. And Carey Price, I think a lot of people would agree that behind Lundqvist is probably one of those guys who should have his name on uh, the Stanley Cup at some point. They've both got more awards than they know what to do with elsewhere, but they're missing that one thing in their in their um, 
trophy case there. And there are a lot of parallels. Like you said, they were a young, hungry team. They had their flaws. That that much is true. But an all-world goalie, you know, just offense from all over the place. That was Martin St. Louis' last hurrah in the NHL, I believe. Just like we thought it might be with Corey Perry and Eric Stahl. It's there are I, yeah. Now that I kind of look at that, Crazy. there was a lot going on there, and yeah. it was nuts. And I can't believe one that series was seven years ago. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about, and it, the only guy left on the Rangers from that time is Chris Kreider, your your favorite player, I'm sure. Um, oh. but, uh, you, know, <laughs> you mentioned Carey Price a second ago there. I, I did want to ask a little bit about him, and I, I believe me, I, I was pulling for him in the finals last season. I mean, everything else being equal, I'm not a big fan of seeing the same team win the Stanley Cup twice in a row. And you know, with Tampa, you've got everything that they do with their salary cap that's always a little bit iffy. I know it's technically within the rules, but. You know, I, I didn't need to see them win the Stanley Cup twice in a row, and I wanted to see Carey Price, a great goalie, uh, like you said, finally uh, do the only thing that he hasn't done, and that's win the Stanley Cup. But obviously this year, you know, he voluntarily enters the player assistance program, has not played so far. Um, is there any update? Do you know if, if he's going to be coming back? It sounds like Montreal, you know, the franchise, they're being uh, pretty patient and understanding with him uh, through everything that he's going through. So originally, Dominique Ducharme and I believe Jeff Gordon have both mentioned it. We wouldn't see Carey Price before Christmas. And now with everything being shut down in Quebec, the Canadians closed their practice facility to help contain the outbreak and games just being canceled till after Christmas break. Uh, who knows now? I do think he's he's working. He's been on the ice. He's been trying to take care and get back into game shape and everything. I'm sure he'll play a couple of conditioning games with the rocket like he did last year before he started in the playoffs. And I wouldn't be shocked if he only plays a handful of games for the Canadians this year, this year is a, you know, we're going to just throw this out the window here. We're going to kind of start over wherever we can. And this is that moment. And for Carey price, get healthy, take your time. There is no rush back this season because the Canadians quite frankly are 31st in the NHL. Uh, Carey Price doesn't score goals or play defense. So I don't think he's going to solve everything when he comes back. And why have a guy come in there and face 40 shots a night? Um, I'm sure he'll try and get, they will try and get him back in here. But if he isn't back until end of February, March, I wouldn't be totally shocked. But I do think he'll play a handful of games this year just to get his legs back underneath him. Yeah, I, I kind of had a similar thought, you know, even with, you know, the Canadians being where they are in the standings and, you know, you get a little bit later in the season and it's probably even worse and even more hopeless. And maybe by then the Canadians have even traded some of their guys away. But I think it would be good to get, uh, you know, Carey Price out there for just a few games, get him back into the swing of NHL hockey if you want him to come back strong next season, because I think next year he'll be like 34, 35, something like that. Is that about right? Uh, yeah, he's in, I want to say he's 32 right now, but let me just double check that for, but yeah, like he's going to come back. He's going to be another year older. He is 34 right now. So, uh, he turns 35 in August. So he's not a spring chicken, but at the same time, he's a battler. He goes out there and he wants to win every single game that he plays, regardless of whatever is against him. So, I, I think he will try and get himself back on the ice here as soon as possible, just because that's who he is as a person. He knows and he wants to win and he wants to compete. And that's part of the reason why Habs fans love him so much. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its inevitable march through the college bowl season and the professional football playoffs. And Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available now. Bet online where the game starts. You know, I figure, um, obviously, Jeff Gordon, new GM for the Canadians, he presided over this uh, massive rebuild that the Rangers recently did. And uh, first, you know, Scott, I, I mean, I can give you all the information you need about Jeff Gordon and for all your listeners. But, I mean, let me get your thoughts first. What was uh, your initial reaction to hearing that, uh, you know, Jeff Gordon was going to be the man there in Montreal? I'm very happy with this pick with them choosing Jeff Gordon because one, he did really good work in Boston before they seeded the team to uh, not Don Sweeney, but uh, Peter Shirelli, which <laughs> um, great choice there, Boston. Uh, and then he went obviously to the Rangers and I thought he did a really good job. He was transparent with everything that he wanted to do and that he says, we're doing this. It's going to be tough. It's going to be ugly, but this is why we're doing that. And I look at the Rangers now and I look at a lot of this young talent they've got in there. The team they have playing right now uh, sits third in the Metro. They had a couple of rough years, but they also dealt with Henrik Lundqvist was gone. Then he had to retire uh, due to his heart condition. You know, you move players in and out that were part of that core for so long. And they kind of started almost from scratch, but they didn't quite fully bottom out there. Like you said, Chris Kreider was still there. A lot of these other guys were still there. And then they've kept key pieces, a Kreider, Mika Zibanejad. They kept Keandre Miller in the fold here as a young guy coming up. Uh, and they've built this team around their core young players to be better. And they're still working on that. You can see all of Gordon's pieces in there right now, even though it is Chris Drury's team now. And that gives me hope for Montreal that whoever they pick for GM, Gordon knows what he's doing. Obviously, he picked the Bruins core that's still there today and has helped win that won them a stanley cup and taken them to two more finals since then the rangers core is in place there there's gonna be a lot of tough decisions and conversations to be had with these new players because it's still mark bergevin's team and now jeff gordon has to kind of sort through that but having gordon here kind of gives me a little bit of peace of mind that it's going to suck for a little bit it's going to be tough the team will be bad but there is a light at the end of this tunnel here. It's not just hopefully this works. There's, there is an end goal in sight. And I know Gordon is going to try and get this team there once they find who the new GM is. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much said it, man. I, I think the biggest thing that I can preach to yourself and also Montreal Canadian fans when it comes to Gordon is you really, really need to be patient. Uh, he is not going to reach for free agents and overpay guys and overextend himself. He's not going to, go all in to try to be, you know, the eighth seed in the playoffs. He's going to take his time with this. And like you said, I mean, it's it's pretty much going to be a complete teardown, full-fledged rebuild. You might have to say goodbye to some players in Montreal that you guys really like, but it's going to hurt for a little while. But I think as long as you give him time, if you afford him time to do this thing his way, 
he will get you there. He will turn the Montreal Canadiens into a bona fide contender uh, the same way that he did with the New York Rangers. And I, I think, Scott, you made a great point there. Yes, it is now Chris Jury's team. And I liked some of the moves, most of the moves, really, that Chris Jury made this offseason, bringing in some role players, making this team more physical, making them more tough, more difficult to play against. But, yeah, I mean, Jeff Gordon kind of set the whole thing in motion. And I think if you're Chris Jury, the biggest thing you had to do this offseason is just kind of keep the train on the tracks. And I think he did a nice job doing that. But, I mean, yeah, uh, Gorton did a really nice job building this team in a lot of different ways. I mean, some of the trades that he struck, uh, he only gave up two second-round picks to bring in Adam Fox. And, Scott, I mean, show me a team in this league right now that would not give up two second-rounders to bring in Adam Fox to their team, right? So, I mean, that was huge. Uh, I think trading Derek Broussard for Mika Zibanejad was big, and I'm a huge Derek Broussard fan, but they obviously basically stole Mika from the Ottawa Senators there. Uh, so that was obviously a, a really nice pick. That's before they were in full-fledged teardown rebuild mode, but it was still a really nice trade. Uh, you know, you, you trade Rick Nash to Boston, and you end up with Ryan Lindgren as part of that trade, and you also bring in Ryan Spooner there, and then he trades Ryan Spooner for Ryan Strom. Strom has become a heck of a player for the Rangers. Uh, so those are just a couple of examples. You know, obviously, they bring in Artemi Panarin as kind of the centerpiece of the rebuild. They draft Igor Shesterka in the fourth round. So uh, those are just some examples. And, you know, I think, again, that the biggest thing that I can say to you is just be patient. It's going to take a couple of years. But, you know, the Rangers right now, I mean, coming into the season, third youngest team in the NHL. And yet here they are, you know, just within a, a point or two of, of the top spot in their division. So, uh yeah, I think Gorton's a great find, and I think he's going to do a heck of a job for you guys. And I think with a new voice here is that there are some NCAA prospects that they weren't sure that with Mark Bergman, he was non-committal with. He's like, well, if they want to go, they're going to go. I look at Gorton, and I he you know dealt with getting Adam Fox and everything. He's a player in Jordan Harris who should be in Hobie Baker contention. He's a very good defenseman. He's that steady two-way defender. He's part of the future of this team now. And with the new person and the new voice in charge there, it allows the Canadians that a lot of these players that might have slipped through their grasp going into this offseason, they have them. Like if Shea Weber is done, done. You have Jordan Harris coming up through the ranks. Now you have these younger guys. And Gordon's success with you know some of these college guys and getting them for what he did gives me a lot more hope going into this season here or into next season. I I've written off this season. I am mainly focusing on the prospects, the young guys and what we can build on. And I think Gordon, once they find a new GM and the uh, rumors that have been swirling around that so far have all been very positive. I haven't heard any kind of retread names or things that would make me give me pause here. So I think we're in good hands. Like we've both said, it's going to be tough for a little bit, but at the end, you get that payoff and that's what makes it worth it. They're not going to be good for a year or two. They can actually build into a, I don't want to say a dynasty, but a successful long-term franchise with a plan here, not just, you know, flash in the pan. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, speaking of all this, I mean, the Canadians do have some impending unrestricted free agents. Do you think they go into like full fledged um, fire sale mode uh, at or near the trade deadline this season? Or there, is there anybody that you think could be on the move for them? I, I think Ben Schrott's all but gone at yeah. this point. Uh, there's been too much smoke around his name since the season began. Depending on Carey Price, Jake Allen could be a hugely appealing piece for a lot of different teams out there who need a solid 1B goalie or, you know, need to pick up someone to help, you know, lighten the load on their starter now. Like, I look at the Oilers for both of these guys. The Oilers seem to love Ben Schrott, and Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen are not a long-term proposition. Jake Allen's getting hammered in Montreal and he's doing 
very well, despite his record. Jake Allen's been the only reason why some of these games haven't been blowouts. So those are a big two. Unfortunately, the rest of it is the roster's just absolutely injured to all hell. You've got a guy like Tyler DeFoley who's out for two months. Josh Anderson's out for two months. Joel Edmondson still hasn't come back. We haven't seen the Canadians at full strength yet. So I think any of these guys with terms on their contracts still are going to be around for a fair bit. But I do think Ben Sherratt and Jake Allen, and then maybe some of the role player guys, a Paquette, a Pizzetta, who's been uh, very popular in Montreal this season, could fetch some small stuff at the deadline as well. Because GMs at the deadline, when they feel pressure to make a move, will do anything, even if it's almost nothing. So, um, but the big thing, keep your eye on Jake Allen and keep your eye on Ben Sherratt. Um, The Canadians could be trendsetters at the deadline here. If they know a lot of teams want either guy, that bidding war is going to go up and they're going to come out on top and Gordon gets assets and stuff for his rebuild. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And in fact, it's funny you mentioned Chara and Allen. Those are the two that I had. You know, I'm on cap friendly here and they got this big chart of, you know, everything coming up as far as restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents, all that stuff. And those are the two that kind of jumped off the page to me is in terms of just like, well, you know, they're in their walk year. They're both a little bit older, and it just doesn't really make all this all that much sense to to keep them around through the deadline, uh, considering that Montreal it looks like will not be going back to the playoffs this season. And Toffoli's an interesting one too, because you know four point twenty five million dollars a season, and it looks like he's got two more years on his deal after this one. Um, I know some Ranger fans were talking about maybe you know looking at Tyler Toffoli, but. I don't know that they would want to do that just because he is under contract for the next two years and the Rangers are going to have to spend money in other places. But, you know, if he comes back and he's healthy, I, I could see him maybe being on the move as well. I do as well. But I think with that contract and what he brings to this team, uh, Gordon and the new GM will try their best to keep him around. But like I said, there's going to be a lot of difficult conversations that are going to be had here. And guys like Defoley, Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, all of them who are Mark Bergevin guys are now there they might be given that like if you want to go elsewhere i understand let's work on this it's going to be a lot of tough conversations in the coming weeks absolutely now i obviously it's been a rough season for the canadians but is there any like silver lining you can point to any unsung hero somebody who's overachieved on the team or one or two guys that kind of you know fit that description so it's funny is that their lineup is mostly AHL guys and they replaced their AHL coach. Joel Bouchard went to San Diego, likely to be behind Dallas Deacons for next in line for the Ducks job. And the team this year has called up like half of the starting AHL lineup and a guy like Laurent Delphine and Michael Pizzetta and Jesse Yolanin and all these players have made an impact one way or another. They They've shown that there's something to the future there, but the biggest bright spot for me this season has been, besides Jake Allen, has been the play of Alexander Romanov. He looks extremely mobile. He's physical. He's aggressive in the offensive zone. He has his brain farts from time to time, but there's a clear progression in what he's doing. And I think it's going to be a real interesting situation for the Canadians this offseason because he's due for a contract and he's playing a lot of minutes this year that he wasn't before. So Alexander Romanov has definitely been one of those real big bright spots for me besides the AHL call-ups. And we'll see what happens after the shutdown. This pause might give them some time to get healthy, rest up a little bit, and they might come back looking like a new team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for the Rangers, I I think a a recent unsung hero, and this is somebody who was kind of under fire a little bit from Ranger fans earlier this season, but it would be Alex Georgiev because, you know, Igor Shesterkin having – 
what is by any measure certainly a Vesna worthy season here and he goes down with an injury and Georgiev had really struggled he played really sparingly in the first you know few weeks and even the first month of the regular season but I mean this dude is basically stood on his head and it does look like Igor Shosturkin is ready to come back but Alex Georgiev might be uh, a classic case of a goalie who almost needs to be a starter and he's not going to get that chance with the Rangers so I, I think at some point the Rangers probably end up dealing him but yeah, I mean, for, for whatever reason, when he plays sparingly, he struggles. When he's the guy and he knows he's going to be the guy, it seems like he does pretty well. I mean, he's been absolutely fantastic recently and uh, has gone 3-2-1 and one in Igor's absence and probably deserves better than that, you know, based on, you know, all the other stats that he's put up recently. Yeah, and, that, and it's funny is that it's always the guy you least expect. Like, we knew Georgiev was a solid goalie, but Shosturkin was the future, and he's still proving why it was smart to keep him around instead of, potentially trying to run King Cage Shesterkin or something similar every now and then, you know, the, the, the small, it's the move you don't make. Sometimes that's bigger than the move that you do. No, that, that's a great point. It's an excellent point. And, you know, I, I figure we can wrap it up there. You know, it's, it, Scott, it's kind of a bummer that, uh, you know, our teams didn't get to play each other here, but I guess uh, we'll have to link up later this season, you know, assuming that everything gets somewhat back to normal and the NHL can play its full season. And we get a couple of Ranger Canadian matchups down the line here. Absolutely. Everyone loves a good Rangers-Canadians matchup. Jersey-wise, everything about it is classic, and everybody absolutely loves that. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. And uh, Scott, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Matla, M-A-T-L-A. Uh, you can follow the show at L-O underscore Canadians on Twitter as well. Uh, my co-host is currently in Dubai, so if you want to follow my co-host, she is at The Active Stick. Uh, I she's a visiting family. So I am uh, flying solo for a little bit here. Um, uh, John, thank you so much for having me on, man. Yeah, you got it, man. And uh, we will definitely talk soon. I want to thank John for having me on to talk Rangers, talk Habs, the game that wasn't. Thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen every single day. Please go check out Locked On Bets. Lee Sterling, your boy Q, have all of your betting needs covered with their lock of the day and so much more.